Bhagavatasa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa So this afternoon I'm going to talk about unraveling difficult emotions and this is actually our theme hmm? Uh, we'll explore ways of cultivating mindfulness and loving kindness in order to overcome difficult emotions such as fear, grief, and anger. So already we have, uh, uh, yesterday we discussed uh, emotions. Those who, are, you, those who are here, we discussed emotions and uh, defense mechanisms, how we try to avoid uh, how to, uh, these difficult emotions, how we build defenses around ourselves so we can stay in our comfort zone. So we already explored that. So um, now I would like to at least mention the causes of emotions and also ways to overcome, to deal with them. Yesterday we discussed a lot of things. <laughs> So, but uh, I'll just start with the causes now. What causes these emotions? Is it our neighbor? Is it the government? Is it uh, our ec economic systems? What causes these strong emotions? Fear, anger, despair. Do you have some idea? <laughs> well, when we see uh, really closely, some of the things that happen are triggering. They trigger, they kind of as trigger points, triggering uh, factors that actually lead to uh, difficult emotions. Whether it's weather, uh -huh. If it's cold, some people do not like cold weather. It's if rainy, they complain it's rainy. And then if it's sunny, it's so hot. Uh, sometime I go to Rio de Janeiro in summer, very hot. Everybody is complaining it's too hot. Me, I just have a different approach. I said, no, it's not too hot. You are very lucky. You have a natural sauna. You don't have to pay. Yeah? Most people have to pay to go to a sauna and uh, it's very expensive. And here you are, you have a natural sauna. <laughs> yeah? It's very hot and it's very cleaning and you get sweat and you, you get sweat, you know, free of charge. So, so I have a different attitude even when I'm in Singapore when they say it's very hot. So I have a different attitude. So for me then I'm not angry about the the, the, the heat, because I have a different attitude how to deal with such situation. So now, yes, uh, let us uh, talk about the, the cause of uh, hatred, anger. Uh, we have four causes. The first one is paying unwise attention to the theme of irritation, let's say the weather. If the weather is irritating you, if the person is irritating you or situation and you pay anyone's attention, 
to the theme of uh, irritation, then you get more angry, more angry. So the key is actually to pay wise attention by uh, substituting the opposite, which is meta, loving kindness. Hmm? When this, uh, somebody is irritating you, send them meta. May you be happy and peaceful. Not may you be happy so that you can irritate me or what. No. <laughs> so you just send meta because what happens when you actually get triggered and you become angry? So you narrow your scope. You narrow your scope. You narrow your qualities and other people's qualities. You narrow the world. The world is very big. You keep on narrowing it down. You're narrowing down. Before you know where you are, you're in your house. You lock yourself inside your room. And then you don't want to see anybody. Is it common in your experience? You just want to stay in your room. You don't want to face other beings, hmm? <laughs> including your, the people you are in the house. You don't want to face them. But when you send meta loving kindness, actually you start expanding your world, starting with yourself, finding good qualities within yourself. You remember when I was leading meta loving kindness? I ask you try to find the good qualities you like about yourself. And then you wish yourself to be happy and peaceful. And then you do the same thing to other people. You find out good qualities. Not the qualities that annoy you, but good qualities. One, maybe. And then you say, as I want to be happy and peaceful, may you be happy and peaceful. So you keep on actually comparing... Uh, comparing, comparing yourself with uh, the, the, the person who's annoying you, okay, I want to be happy and peaceful. As I want to be happy and peaceful, may you be happy and peaceful. This is my finding in life. Most people who are difficult to me, those people always have a problem. The problem might be maybe they have a headache, they didn't sleep well, they have a difficult time to face their insecurity, their anger. There's, there must be something uh, going on in that person's life. That, that's why they throw anger at you. If you ask them, they'll tell you definitely. There's no good person who's really there out there to, uh, to annoy you. I don't think so. You look at this carefully. Always, and if somebody's very annoying, there must be something. Something. If you can't find it, stay rest assured that we are all sick to some degree. When we have these mental defilements, we are actually having some kind of mental pu uh, po pollution. Eh? Mental, pollu mental pollution. So, in a way, we are still not in good shape. So, that's what we have to remember, paying unwise attention to the theme of uh, irritation. And then there are other causes uh, I mentioned on Friday, but I can go through them very quickly, is our past behaviors. Past behavior may be uh, last week. Eh? Last week, the way we behaved, maybe we threw something at somebody. Mm? That's our past behavior. So now today, this one week ago, today we remember we remember, ah, I would not have done this. Oh, I, I said something bad to my friend. So now we start getting angry because of what we said or what we did or what we even we thought. Eh? Our thoughts about things, about 
economy, about uh, politics, about society. So we keep on revisiting them, and then in a present moment, we feel disturbed, we feel anger. That also can be a cause of past, because of past behavior. If you believe in past life, uh, you, you, you can imagine your past life. Do you believe in past life? <laughs> in your, your past life, your behavior, let's say, before you came to this life, maybe, you, can we say you're lying? You're lying. <laughs> and you, you, you always grab at uh, animals and eat them. And so when you're born this time, uh, you might be a very, very rough person, you know. And you're always angry at everything, like lions are angry about anything. So anyway, you don't have to believe in past life. But in this life, our actions, when we remember them, our speech, when we remember them, our thoughts, when we remember them, then we become angry. Another cause is, is we find it in Vimutimaga, they talk about elements. We have four elements, earth element, water element, fire element, and air element. Whenever there's an imbalance of, uh, of air element, which the, with its properties of mobility, and uh, imbalance of fire element with its properties of heat, there's always a problem. That's why when somebody gets angry, we, we said the property of air element is mobility. They move. Have you ever seen somebody who gets angry and just like this? I don't like you, darling. <laughs> I don't like you, darling. <laughs> you see, they move. There's some movement. Eh? There's movement. Eh? Mm, there's movement. Have you noticed? Yes. So the people, when they get angry, they keep on walking and round, go here. I don't want you in my flat. They keep on walking because there is that agitation of air element. Hmm? It's out of balance. And uh, there is also this, what called the fire element. They also out of balance. So that's why we get people who are hot-tempered. Have you heard about this term? He's hot-tempered? Yeah? Warm-blooded? <laughs> or oh, hot-blooded? I don't know. All these terms point towards what we call fire element. Huh? He's hot-tempered. He's burnt hmm? by anger. Hmm? He's, he's, being, he's burning with desire. We use this kind of thing, burning with desire, is burning with hatred and all these things. So this is very clearly uh, an imbalance of el uh, these elements, the, the four elements, especially air element and fire elements. Yes, it's, it's kind of interesting actually uh, how uh, these words in English uh, come up, uh, which points to that uh, cause. Okay, there's a fourth cause, it's called humors. Hmm? There's a bile, flame, and uh, there is blood also, and then there's uh, chola. This chola or chola, I don't know. C H O R L E R. It's a, one of the bodily fluids, and they say that if that one of them is imbalanced, especially C H O L E R, then actually uh, you can get angry also very easily. But what can you do when it is imbalanced like that? <laughs> So uh, that's another thing, but still we can be mindful when anger arises. So then uh, fear, of course, we are going to talk about fear, how it arises. Greed, of course, let's say 
when you pay anyone's attention to the theme of beauty, hmm? when you pay anyone's attention to the theme of beauty, then uh, desire arises, and uh, then greed arises. Then what about delusion? Also, that's also mental defilement. Delusion, when we pay unwise attention to, uh, uh, to, uh, to lack of, when we lack discernment between what's skillful and unskillful, then uh, we, we became deluded. So I think this is very, very important to know these causes. So before we go to the uh, antidotes. So I think that's all about you need to know the causes. Yes. Of course, uh, other things arise, uh, other emotions can arise due to, uh, to triggers like uh, injustice, due to uh, insufficient economic policies, uh, due to, uh, uh, to society, wars, and it, we get angry. And then uh, political, economic, society, uh, social problems, all those can trigger uh, different emotions, but we can, they can also be addressed accordingly. Let's say if there's improper economic policies, you can uh, adjust these policies by getting into the, what you call economic planning, and then maybe that will be helping the, the country and it will help you. Even other political systems, you can adjust them, and um, society, it can also be adjusted if you're an activist. You can do things, many things actually. But let us address things that can be tackled from the mind state, the mind, your mind, yourself, mind itself. So this, yesterday we discussed uh, what you call mindfulness of six senses. You raise your hand if you're not here yesterday. You know, so you've heard me speaking, and you heard me speaking. So I think I'm going to write that point, right? Mindfulness of six senses, just be mindful. When, before even the emotion arises, when you are mindful of, of the senses, then you can even prevent it from arising. Mm, because you just become a way of hearing, seeing, testing. It's not about, oh, testing, I don't like it. Testing, I like it. Testing, I don't know. It's just actually testing. So when you're eating food, you just become a way of testing, testing, testing. When you're looking at somebody, you just be a way of looking, looking, looking. Not, oh, I like your hair. Looking, I don't like your hair. <laughs> this kind of thing. So this one can cause emotions if you are always evaluating when you're looking like this. So, can you imagine how peaceful we will be, we will be, we will be if we just look, eh? and you just look, without your prejudice, eh? and we just test food, we're just testing. But that will, that will disappoint people who bought food for you. Eh? Bante, how was food? Oh, testing, testing, testing. <laughs> did, you, did you like the food? No, 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 no. I didn't like the food. In Singapore, people heard about what monks do when they're given food. Monks, what they do when they're given food, or monastics, what they do, they reflect, I eat this food, not for intoxication or for beautification, 
or for sports, but I eat this food for uh, sustaining my body so that I can practice or live a whole life, uh, a spiritual life. So now when this person in Singapore had me uh, doing this reflection, uh, because the reflection said I don't eat for enjoyment. So when this person was give me, giving me food, he said, Bante, don't enjoy. <laughs> so this is our reflection. So anyway, it's not even about not enjoying. It's about testing, testing. It's not about uh, repairing from food. It's not about uh, reaching out for food. But just testing, you know, this is very, very important. Okay, that's number one. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to go through all these uh, uh, steps because there are so many I thought I'm going to write them down. I've, list the, I've listed them in my paper here. So after my talk, I'm going to write them down for your reference. Actually, what I'm doing is I married three discourses from the Buddha. Uh, one is the Four Foundation of Mindfulness. Another one is... Sabah Sabah Sutta. Uh, another one is uh, uh, another one is uh, Vitaka Santana Sutta. So I brought those three discourses together like this and see how we can get 14 ways of overcoming uh, emotions. Nothing of these methods methods are from Uganda. <laughs> All these methods you can refer somewhere in a book, and then find them. So what I'm doing here is sharing with you. So we are going to explore one by one. We have finished mindfulness of six senses, which is found in, uh, it's found in, in the foundation of mindfulness. So the next step, which is very, very important, because we discussed about uh, our, our defense mechanism and mechanism and coping up mechanism. So the next technique which is very, very important is having a right or proper attitude. Proper attitude. Attitude is everything. Whenever the emotion arises, what attitude do you bring? Do you approach a problem? That can make a difference between getting caught up in a a, a difficult emotion, or being free. Hmm? It depends. The attitude. Okay, I, I'm going to illustrate. Okay, if you have a clean floor, hmm? it's very clean, and you have a mop like this, you can do two things. You can approach cleaning in two ways. You see this, my mop? I can clean like this, and imagine I have dirt. Eh? I have uh, mud. Eh, with my shoes, then I want to clean this place. I can clean going like this. And then uh, whenever I clean, I step. <laughs> what will happen? Yes, you clean the whole floor, but wherever you clean, you are stepping with your shoes because that's, that's how you, can, you are holding your, bro your broom, isn't it? I'm cleaning. That's, a good, uh, that's another one way of approaching things. The second approach is actually to Get the broom, hmm, the, and then you step this way, and then you hold it like this. And then you step here with your dart, and then you bring the mop, and then wherever you step, you, you remove. Eh? You get the idea? 
So with this approach, that means you are cleaning everything. <laughs> the other one is when you are cleaning like this, after cleaning, you are putting more stuff. Do you get the attitude? And I've seen this happening. People cleaning things like this. <laughs> so the other one defeats the purpose. <laughs> where you are cleaning is where you are putting more dirt. Hmm? So now, that's attitude you understand. So I found out four attitudes that you can adapt one you like. It's up to you to adapt which one you are going to use when there's a difficult emotion. And also that will depend which fences you put around yourself. The first attitude is whenever there's a difficult emotion, try to push it away. That reminds me of an example. One teacher was meditating. I think it was Joseph. Was meditating and then the cat, the cat, the cat came and got on a lap and did like this and put it there. Do you know what it did? It kept on coming. And then again, he put it there, and then he kept on meditating, and the, the cat was coming. Again, he put it there. <laughs> you know, cats are very stubborn, yeah? You put it there the third time, and then meow, and it comes again. So it, uh, according to him, he said, okay, no, I'm not going to put it. <laughs> I'm just going to let, <laughs> let it come. So as soon as he stopped, uh, like this, it came. After that, it went by itself. So most of the time, it's our approach. Actually, it's amazing that uh, uh, sometimes things get done in different ways. And for me, uh, there's an approach. I remember when I was at Bavana Society, when the water was too tight, a faucet is too tight, and then you start to tighten it. You keep on tightening it with all your energy. Tighten it, tighten it. And it keeps on leaking. And one monk told me, you know, tighten it and loosen it. I said, this is counterintuitive. <laughs> you tighten it and then loosen it. And I was so surprised when I, I loosened it. It was loose a bit, a little bit. It stopped. It stopped. So it's amazing. Different things different, different, require different attitudes. Some of these attitudes are counterintuitive. Okay, here are the four attitudes. When you have a, a difficult emotion, one attitude, push away whatever comes. Anger comes, I don't like to be angry. Good luck. Anger comes, I don't like to be angry. <laughs> I don't want to have fear. You start to push it away. Yeah? Suppress it. That's one attitude. That doesn't work. I can tell you for sure. You can try, but it doesn't work. Second attitude is trying to indulge. Eh? That means whenever you have anger, you go on the top of the roof and try to shout mm, and express it. That's another attitude. That also doesn't work. The, second, the third attitude is ignoring it completely. Mm? You completely ignore it. Mm? Whenever it comes, you ignore it completely. That's it. Third attitude, ignoring it. Why these attitudes don't work is the first one is more of aversion. Trying to push away things is aversion. So you're trying to get, you're, you're getting aversion and you're trying to have anger <laughs> by pushing away things. The second uh, attitude is actually indulging in things, expressing things. 
and uh, shouting on the top of the roof. So that one's greed, desire, it's increasing. So it doesn't work. Now, now you, when anger comes or somebody makes you angry, you ignore it. That's ignorance. That doesn't work either. Three of them, they don't work. What are you going to do? We have remained with one attitude. The attitude of full understanding. The attitude of full understanding. What's going on? And that brings the whole world, you know, because that's what we need to adapt. Full understanding. The Pali word is called parinya. Parinya. Pari means full, and nya means understanding. Nya. You get these words, nya, vinyana, panya, you get this sanya, all these things. It's, it's a full understanding of what's going on. So now, that's the second way of dealing with difficult emotions. So then we start our full understanding. If it's anger, we become mindful of anger. Again, this is again part of the Satipatthana Sutta, the foundation of mindfulness. So we, we fully understand what is to be known. What is to be known is anger, is fear. So we know, we become mindful of the presence of anger, the presence of fear, the presence of grief, the presence of... So we actually uh, really know what's going on, the unique, the unique uh, characteristics of anger. Mm? We get to know. Even pain, we get to know this, but I'm not, I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about emotional pain. We really actually face it. Even fear, the best thing when you have fear is to face it and be mindful of it. Right? So you are not pushing it away, but you make it the object of your meditation. So that's the third method, to really know the presence of the emotion. And also it's very important to know the absence, the absence Absence of anger, because most people, they don't know the absence when it's absent. They don't tune in to know when it's absent. All what we hear is that I was angry for the whole day. No, you cannot be angry for the whole day. At least you had lunch. Eh? <laughs> when you had lunch, you're enjoying food, you're not angry. <laughs> I was angry for the entire year because ABC. This is what we hear, but no way. Anger is a mental state, is always rising and passing away. Mm? So we have to know the absence of the emotion. And that leads to positive emotions, actually. Because according to discourses, when we know the absence of, let's say, anger, of uh, greed, of fear, all these difficult emotions, what arises is gladness. Gladness, which is a more of a wholesome emotion, you feel glad. From gladness, you feel joy. Hmm? And then from joy, you feel calmness, tranquility. And then from uh, tranquility, you feel happiness. Happiness arises, sukha. Hmm? So th do you know the difference between joy and happiness? In English, maybe you use it interchangeably. But for us, according to Visuddhimagga, it talks about joy is like when you're thirsty, traveling in a, in a desert, and you see a oasis, and then 
you see water and you've been thirsty for the whole day. And then you see water. So from the time you start seeing water, joy arises. So there's anticipation, which is another emotion, anticipation. You anticipate to drink water so that you, are going, you, you overcome thirst. You have not yet taken water, so there's a joy. Ah, two steps, one step, and then you take water, joy arising. Happiness is more of contentment. After drinking water and you are satisfied, you sit under the tree, wow, I'm no longer thirsty. That's happiness. So for us, we distinguish even between what's joy and happiness. These are positive emotions, which are, are, are very good. Of course, from happiness, you gain concentration and on and on. So we are not going to go through all this. But at least you know that knowing the absence of a, a, a difficult emotion, it can actually set up, set off a chain of wholesome emotions. So we should know the absence. Now, we go to the uh, next method, which is, again, it's about full understanding, but in a different way. It's full understanding, parinya, through knowing the universal characteristics of that experience, the universal futures of the emotion. You start to get to investigate, is anger rising? Is it staying the same? Or is it passing away? So we investigate. Hmm? So this is called full understanding of the universal futures of the, 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 the emotion, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, we try to understand its universal qualities. What are these qualities? It's always changing. Anger is always changing. Fear is always changing. All these emotions are always changing. There's another future. That's called Anicca and Pali. But there's another future that you, you won't miss is unsatisfactoriness. When you have a difficult emotion, how does it feel? Unsatisfactory. Eh? Yes, it's suffering. Eh? It's really you feel it, the tension. You can even feel pain, pain. Eh? When your emotion is there, fear, and you really suffer. And there's another thing also that's called dukkha in Pali, but there's another future also which is part of the three knowledges, uh, insight knowledges, is that it's impersonal nature. It rises due to causes and condition. You remember yesterday I was ringing a bell? It shows you that there's different conditions that, that come together for the emotion to arise, for fear to arise, for anger to arise. So we try to fully understand that. My teacher used a very, very interesting word. It's called, it's, it, he calls it paying mindfulness effort to understand. That's what Bhante Gunaratana talked in, in his book, Mindfulness in Plain English. He talks about uh, mindfulness effort to understand the emotion. So those are three things there, right there. Mindfulness and effort and then understanding. So this is definitely, you need this, um, uh, these mental factors, efforts, mindfulness, and understanding. Is that what we do when anger rises, when somebody uh, makes us angry? Is that what we do? We have mindfulness, effort to understand anger? 
No, 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 no. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> Don't come to me. Please keep a distance. Never come. <laughs> so we apply so many other things. Hmm? Isn't it? So fully, fully understanding is very important. So uh, full understanding uh, through uh, investigation, which is wisdom, insight, knowledge. So another full understanding through investigation is finding out a condition for the arising of the emotion. What I, I told you the conditions for the, the arising of anger. Paying unwise attention to the theme of, uh, uh, of irritation. And when it's removed, well, let's say if anger is, is, is subsiding, is going, what is, why, why is it subsiding? Maybe because you are paying, you are paying wise attention to uh, loving kindness, right? You are not paying any wise attention to the theme of irritation. So this is very, very important also to find out. And also something which is very important through your investigation is when you would what do you, what, you yourself, as you are going through anger or fear, ask yourself, when will fear end completely? When does, does it end completely? When do you have no fear for good? When you are sleeping? Or, or when you are on a vacation? <laughs> no. You have to know a little bit of... Uh, study, you studied something, that when you attain the third level of enlightenment, when you attain the third level of enlightenment, anger will go out of the window. So now, what should you do before that? <laughs> what should you do before that? Be mindful. <laughs> be, be mindful. <laughs> yeah, don't, in other words, don't, don't take it personally. Eh? Don't beat yourself up. You know that, okay, there's still some work to be done. Yeah, this, this, oh, don't blame others so much. After all, they're also not yet enlightened. So let's say you are together in a family and somebody make you angry. Why do you expect somebody you live with to be a very perfect person? Are you living with an enlightened person? Is third level of enlightenment? Who's living with anybody in their home who's third level of enlightenment? And why when somebody gets angry, you get angry about them being angry? What do you expect when you are with somebody who is not with third level of enlightenment? What do you expect? You should ask, keep on asking yourself this question. You expect sometimes they're going to blow it up. You know? They're going to blow it up. Hmm? What do you expect if you have a leader who is not the third level of enlightenment? So this is very good to not have high expectations to lower your expectation, and do something. I'm not saying that don't do anything, but at least it's good to investigate and see what's going on. Okay, we go to the third, uh, the fourth technique. The fourth technique or method is full, uh, actually this should be, you should investigate how a, a certain emotion affects the body, how the emotion affects the body, is there tension when the emotion arises, is there tension, is there tightness, Let's say when you have anger, how does it feel in the body? Get, because the body is, bio, is a biofeedback, you can actually know exactly what happens when a certain emotion is there. Sometimes there's hotness, coldness, tension, tightness, 
So you investigate that. So that next time when this emotion comes, you'll be able to know what's happening. Hmm? Then, what happens to the mind when there's emotion? How the mind feels? Huh? Also, you investigate. So that's the fourth technique that uh, uh, you should follow. Then the fifth one. The fifth one is very interesting. Again, it's part of full understanding, but in a different way. It's about abandoning, abandoning wrong views, abandoning conceits, abandoning craving. So this is called full understanding through abandoning these uh, wrong beliefs. When we have an emotion, there's an anger. Last time you remember I mentioned I emotion? I emotion? So this is exactly what we do. Now we have iPhone, everything I, 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 I. Now very, good, very, very soon we get I robes. Eh? I robes. I bell. Everything is going to be I now. Huh? I cup, you know. So because what people like I. In fact, in the conversation, uh, they use I maybe 90% of the conversation. I, 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 I. Now, when it comes to a difficult emotion, it's my emotion. Hmm? I'm angry at you. Hmm? On a relative level, it's okay. It's understood. But it's just anger rising. It has nothing to do with the eye. <laughs> it's just anger. Anger is arising. Hmm? So now, uh, also we tend to own. Some, because emotions covers a big chunk of our life, in a, a big part of our, our life is emotion life, so we tend to identify ourselves with all emotions. Love, uh, joy, happiness, anger, even the difficult ones. I'm an, I've been angry for the whole 20 years, and then I, I'm, I, I have fear. So we actually... Uh, I always tell people, and you've heard me speaking before, I think, about copyrights. We get copyrights. Anger, and we put C with a circle. So this mine, you know, or huh? right? reserved. Eh? Rights are reserved. So we get all rights reserved for our anger. Nobody should touch us. Even when we say forgive, forgive. No, I can't forgive. By the way, uh, this is very common. I don't know. If you say somebody, uh, you tell, uh, your friend tells you something, and they say, yeah, 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 yeah. How about forgiving her or him? Or, no, no, I can't forgive. I have a right to be angry. Good luck. When we, we touch hot things, let's say if it is hot, this is hot, it's burning. Do we ask people, oh, please uh, drop it? No, you drop it automatically. Yeah? You don't have to go to city university, city college, and learn psychology, and learn how to... Uh, <laughs> you don't do that. Hmm? You, you, when you touch something hot, do you need to go to take psychology 101 to drop it? No, we just drop it. Anger and many difficult emotions... Their functions, the function of anger is to burn its, its support. In other words, mind and body. So it, whenever a difficult emotion like anger arises, it's burning you. So what I see 
most people hold on to it. Hold on, though it's burning you. It's burning you, but you, hold, you keep on holding it. So what should you do? Drop it. Drop it. Hmm? So it's not yours, in other words. So I always ask people to remember this. Have you had a center called IMS? IMS? Insight Meditation Society? So now this is what you should do. If you think that anger's I is conceit, I mean, is conceit, and if you think anger's mind, that's actually craving. And if you think anger's self, that's wrong views. So what you should have is not I am with. Not I, not mine, not self. That's it. If you do that, you'll handle just about an emotion. If you remember this. This is really actually dropping the sutta, the discourse on, on for foundational mindfulness always end up like this. Not clinging on things as I mind myself. It's amazing. It will be amazing if you live your life like this, not clinging on to difficult emotions and holding on to them. This is very, very practical. We go to other methods which are also can help you, but from another discourse. Hmm? Um, number six. Are we together in already five, five methods? Are we together? Okay, good. Now, sometimes we don't have enough mindfulness. Sometimes we don't have enough wisdom. The good thing is another discourse that we are going to bring in. <laughs> it's called San Vitaka Santana Sutta. The discourse on how to deal with obsessive thoughts. Thoughts of anger, thoughts of hatred, thoughts of uh, greed, thoughts of delusion. How do we handle these thoughts? Now that's number six. We are going to follow that discourse closely. Number six method is called replacement with its opposite, substitution. Substitution. You substitute with the opposite. Now I'm going to ask you, when you have fear, this is not about now who is causing fear. Eh? Because we have already seen before. <laughs> we have seen the causes of fear, is craving and all these things. Now fear is around, is visiting you. What should you do to replace it? The opposite. What's the opposite of fear? Courage. Have courage to face the situation, hmm? even if they're difficult. For me, I didn't know how to swim. Hmm? And I, I was afraid of water. Whenever I went close to the lake, I could not go to swim because one of my relatives nearly drowned. And my parents said, never, never go to swim. It's dangerous. So what I say, I saw my friend enjoying on a picnic, swimming. So when I went to India as a student, I faced my fear. I went to the swimming pool and I used the floater. We Africans, we, we, we sink like a piece of iron. I don't know what's in our bodies, basically. I used to go to the swimming pool and saw these Westerners reading a book on a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a swimming pool. They're reading a novel. And, for, and the novel was not getting wet. I said, wow. 
for me, I go to the swimming pool, poo on the bottom. <laughs> I thought my bones uh, put stones around, tied on stones. And I saw mo most of my fellow Africans, whenever we went to water, we were just sinking. Something, I don't know. Anyway, so I say I must face my fear. Hmm? Though I'm sinking, going to the bottom, let me use floaters. And I, I, I learned how to trade water and all these things. And then I, the day I got the technique, I said, wow, I'll never drown. So I started swimming and swimming, and then I became a, a, what you call a scuba dive instructor. I went to Thailand. I became a scuba dive instructor. And I was uh, swimming like a, a pro, you know. So now I'm no, longer, I'm no longer afraid of water. So the best way to face fear is to have courage. But it doesn't mean to endanger your life. Slowly, slowly, by, you can open. With mindfulness, you can open up slowly by slowly. Because mindfulness, all these techniques, you must have mindfulness. Without mindfulness, nothing is going to work. <laughs> Each technique here, mindfulness goes with it. Replacement with mindfulness, you replace fear with courage. So you replace anger with what? Meta loving kindness. You send, you already have given you instructions on how to practice metta. May I be well, happy and peaceful. May all beings be well, happy and peaceful. In these categories, I've already given you guided meditation. Then you replace, uh, let's say what? Envy. What should you replace when you have envy? Yes. Appreciative joy. You appreciate when you are in gratitude. You are not grateful. What should you do? You should be grateful. And every day you should wake up and be grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm awake. I'm healthy. So that's another technique you can use. Uh, to replace if you feel there's a lot of ingratitude towards everything in life, you become grateful. Greed, when you, greet, you, have, you have greed, what should you replace? Generosity. <laughs> Generosity. Greed is a very interesting word in Pali language. It's called kamachanda. Kamachanda. Loba is actually greed, but craving is tanha, which is salt. And then we have other words, upadana, which literally means fuel. Fuel. Uh, while greed, uh, like tanha, craving, mean, it means uh, thirsty. And then uh, with, with loba, it's like fire. So you can imagine when you have, you have clinging, and you are, uh, which, is fi which is fuel, literally, and then add to fire. What will happen? So greed arises, which is called fire. And then holding on is fuel. So you, when you add fuel to fire, what happens? <laughs> so this is like, when you hold things like this, I think there shouldn't be a problem. But here's the problem. The problem is always when you hold on things like this and they're changing, you start suffering because and then because you are holding on things and you are resisting and then you suffer a lot. So we should hold things like this. If it goes, that's fine. If it comes, that's fine. 
But that's not what we do. Clinging. We cling on to this. And that brings a lot of suffering. I think, are we very clear with the replacement? Okay, now the next one is Vitaka Santana Sutta again, is reflection. Reflection in terms of danger, in terms of defilement, in terms of uh, uh, degradation. These are called three Ds. If you are going to remember this, it's very important. So, the Dalama say that anger is one later sort of danger. One, you know anger? It's missing only one letter, D. So next time when anger rises, remember that D is very close. <laughs> so you are going to really feel it yourself, danger through. Actually, for me, when I, I, I get angry, I could not even concentrate. Hmm? I cannot read the book. One time when you get anger, if you don't know what, if you don't know what it does to you, as soon as you get angry, get a book and start reading the book. You are going to read this one line again and again and again. <laughs> and also when there's anger, you, you, you don't feel peaceful in your head. Hmm? It's kind of uh, uh, agitates you and all these things, and then uh, it defiles you, so it become, you become even more angry next time, and also it degrades you. It degrades you. So when people who love you, who, people who live around you, when you always get angry, they say, oh, no, no, no. They start holding you in low status. That's what we say, degrade degradation. They say, oh, is this person is always losing it. He's always fly off the handle. I'm not going to see this person. I'm going to go late, a bit late at home when they are asleep now. Okay? <laughs> okay, we are going to stand up. We are going to take a break. The, the rest of the four we, we do after 10 minutes. <laughs> because I, 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 I don't want you to, uh, to have spiritual indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> so let's have a break for 10 minutes and then come back while I'm writing what I'm reading. Is this good? Yeah. Okay. So, so welcome back. Let's continue. Everything I'm talking about is from this book. <laughs> it's not from Uganda. <laughs> so, uh, we continue with where, where we left. Replacement, we have done. Reflection. The, actually, there are more reflections, actually, uh, which uh, we can gather from other discourses. Yes, like gratification. Hmm? Gratification. Uh, uh, if there's an emotion, we have to know that, oh, uh, there is some pleasure and enjoyment, especially let's say craving, for instance. Eh? There's definitely some joy and pleasure, you know. The Buddha never said there's no pleasure and joy, but the invitation is to see the danger. Eh? So what's the danger in, in this kind of thing? And also the escape. This also, that's another reflection. Uh, gratification, the danger, and also the escape. That's another thing we found in the discourses. So already D, three Ds there. Danger, defilement, and degradation. Uh, definitely, don't miss that. Because once we do this, we are going to reduce our anger or an emotion. For instance, you are driving, and you see a police, hmm? a traffic police. 
and is going to give you, is going to give you a ticket. Do you keep on driving faster? What do you do? Slow down. Yes. Why do you slow down? Have you ever asked yourself when you are driving and you see a police, traffic police, and then you slow down? What makes you slow down? Yes, you're going to get a ticket. And what's the ticket? $50. No, more than that? <laughs> now, when anger rises next time, ask yourself, if I continue to be angry, I'm going to get a ticket. And what's that ticket? Three tickets. Danger. Suffering. De uh, defilement. Your mind is going to be defiled. You are going to lose peace of mind. You are going to, the society of your friends are going to take you, uh, degrade you. You get degradation. When you do that, I say, I don't want to be, suffer. I don't want to be defiled. I don't want to, uh, danger and suffering. So then that one is going to reduce. Naturally, you reduce. But whenever we have anger, ah, we get a lot of power. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kick that person. I'm going to do this. We don't think in this area usually when you are angry. We just see the joys eh, of anger. Eh? I'm going to be on top of that person. I'm going to say everything I want. I'm going to stop them. They will never, be in, they will never even be able to say a word to me. We feel a lot of power. Hmm? We feel justified. We feel a lot of... Uh, kind of deluded, actually, <laughs> thinking that we are going to be very powerful and we are going to be happy when we are actually on top of things. There is a saying that in a war, the loser and the winner both actually lose. Whether you are a winner in an argument, whether you are a, a loser, we all lose, actually. You know? So you think about what are the payoff. What, what is the trade-off? This is very important to think about what's the trade-off. What are you getting? Ask yourself, what am I getting out of this? Once you get the answer to that question, you'll slow down naturally. Okay, we go to the next one. Uh, there is another method which is called proper reflection, the proper use of the, your cloth, but it's more monastics, but you can use it. Before you eat, let's say, food you don't like, huh? you got a place and they give you food you don't like, instead of say, when am I going to get over with this food, it's really not good, there's not enough salt, it's not to <laughs> have food. So you just, hmm, I eat this food to keep my health going on. Hmm? So anger is not going to come towards food. So you can reflect on your clothes, you can re reflect on your house, you can reflect on your medicine. We use it in the monastic tradition, reflecting on the four requisites. That helps you not to get uh, tormented with uh, difficult emotions. This is given actually in this discourse. It's called Sabasava Sutta in, uh, in the discourse, page 91. Uh, it's really given clearly. It's called, called reflection on the proper use of the four requisites. That helps you. Okay, we go to number... Eight. Eight is given in a sutta as asati amansikara. 
It's an interesting Pali word. Can you imagine somebody tell us not to have mindfulness and not to have attention when there's a problem? <laughs> this is a Pali word really I found out very interesting. That's where we find in a discourse when we are encouraged not to have mindfulness. Asati and amanisikara. But I want to use the word of more redirecting. Hmm? Instead of using the word ignoring, ignoring, that's what they use in discourse here, is ignoring. I want to use more of redirecting your attention from something unwholesome to something wholesome or neutral. Like you can come back to the breath. Now you can do it now as you are hearing sounds. Not that my sound is very bad. <laughs> I'm saying, okay, now you're hearing me. Hearing, hearing. And then come back to the breath. Don't pay attention to my sound, to my voice. Just come back to the breath. Feel the breath. Spend some time with the breath, knowing the breath coming in and going. And then after that, you, you come back. This works very well. I don't know whether you've, uh, this happened to you. When you're talking with somebody, you're talking with somebody, and somebody says, can I talk to you? No, 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 I'm busy talking, I'm busy talking. No, please, please, I want to talk to you. And then, okay, five minutes. I'll talk to you for five minutes. Now you, you start talking to another person, the third person for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then, oh, goodbye, I'll see you next time. The third person goes. And then you are now with the same person you are talking before. Maybe you are talking about politics in Uganda and all these things, animals in Uganda. But, but the time you turn back, what were you talking about? This person came and... You, start to lo you lose a train of thought. You lose your story. Isn't it? You lose momentum of the story. The same thing. When you are caught up on a roller coaster of emotions, when you decide to take your attention away from that emotion and come back to the body, come back to the breath, or even be aware of the nature, let's say look at a tree, look at something very beautiful, by the time you come back, it loses momentum. In a big picture, you can go for a walk in Central Park for one hour. When things are heated at home, you say, give me a little bit of time. You go for a walk in Central Park. So by the time you come back, ah, darling, what we are talking about? You've lost it. It's good that you lose it completely. <laughs> but even if you don't lose it completely, actually, you, do, you are not charged in the same way. You are not charged in the same way. So you redirect your mind nature also. You can go also for vacation if you want. You come to Uganda for three months. So by the time you go, <laughs> you, <laughs> by the time you go, you, or anywhere in Hawaii or Massachusetts, or, uh, go visit your relatives. Eh? And then by the time you spend two days or something, or go and see a movie or whatever you, you, you want to redirect your mind to in, in general. You come back, your mind is more fresh. Hmm? Your mind is more fresh. So that's redirecting. So we go to number nine. Number nine is retracing. 
re reflection was more forward-looking. This backward-looking. Hmm? You see the arrows going back. When you have fear, you ask yourself, why do I have fear? You ask yourself. Because of anger. And why do you have anger? It's because of desire to have th things, things in a certain way. Eh? That's why actually you have anger most of the time, because you want to have things in a certain way. So desire is two ways. One is pulling, getting. Another one, get rid of. Why do you have anger about ABC? It's because you want to push away things. There's anger to push away what you don't want. I mean desire to push away what you don't want. And also there's desire to get. So you know that desire has two sides of the same coin. One is to get. Another one is to push away things. That's why you always get angry most of the time. And why do you have desire? You ask yourself, why do I have desire? It's because of ignorance. You're ignoring certain things. Huh? You're ignoring certain things. And why do you, are you ignoring things? It's because you don't pay wise attention. And why do you, not, why, why do you don't pay wise attention? It's because of ignorance. So it's like chicken and egg. Which came first? Is it ignorance? Is it wise attention? So you try to ask like this. When you do like this also, by the way, it helps really to go to the root to find the springboards. To find the springboard. What's really the root? What's really nourishing? What's giving food to this emotion? If it is fear, what's giving it food? If it, if it is grief, why are you grieving all the time? Hmm? You, you, it's always good to find a root. It's very, very important. Now we go to number 10. Resolve. Reso resolution. Hmm? Resolution. Make a strong resolve. This is more of using what you call willpower. Hmm? You make that strong resolve, not difficult emotion, to be your master. Don't make all these difficult emotions to be your master. Hmm? This means every day you wake up, as soon as you wake up, every day you wake up, before you do anything, go for, uh, go for a cup of coffee, do this, you sit down, I do this actually, His Holiness Dalai Lama wrote this and I use it every day to make this strong resolve. I'm grateful to be alive, I'm awake, I'm alive. I'm going to use all my energy to attain enlightenment for the benefit of all, being, of all beings, including myself. I'm not going to get angry or think bad about others or talk about bad things about others. I'm going to be kind and benefit others as much as I can. So do this reflection every day as soon as you wake up because your mind is still fresh, it's amazing. When you go through the day, here's a question. Are you not going to be angry by making this res resolution? No. You'll get angry. You'll get some anger coming. But what I found out very interesting is always I remember that anger now is visiting me because I made a strong resolve so whenever anger rises, I know that it's arising. 
and then I can be man for it. I don't know if you've heard about this. There's a common saying that mindfulness is not difficult, but what's difficult is to remember to be mindful. Have you heard about this? This is what resolution does. Because your mind is so fresh, because you've made that resolution that I'm going to be kind and benefit others as much as possible, so as soon as something triggers you to be angry, you remember. Because this was the first thought as soon as you woke up. So I found it working very well for me. Since 2000, I've been actually doing this resolution every morning. Because what I found out in life, there's no end to triggers, things to trigger you to be angry. Social problems, economic problems, political problems, everywhere. As soon as you wake up, you are confronted with anger right there in front of you. So for me, every morning I wake up, I just, it's like a prayer for me. In Pali language, it's called aditana, determination. Another word for this is make a strong determination as soon as you wake up when your mind is still fresh. There's something you should read. You can write it in your own ways. You don't have to use the same script that the Dharma used or what I'm using. Just, oh, I'm grateful to be alive. I'm awake. I'm healthy. I'm going to use all my energy to attain awakening, to attain enlightenment. Don't say, oh, I can't attain awakening. It's for those nuns and monks and uh, John Kabat-Zinn and all this. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> those who are pros, mindfulness professionals. <laughs> Don't leave it to them. You say, I'm going to attain full awakening. Hmm? I'm not going to get angry. Hmm? Talk or think but, uh, angrily, uh, in an angry way uh, towards others, including all people. You're not going to ang get angry at them, but you're going to be kind and benefit others as much as you can. So you can add any script you want, so long as it points to something that's going to remind you during the, during the day. Otherwise, I mean, we are going to be full of emotions, uh, very difficult emotions, and then we go home when we are so tired and exhausted. I call it flat, flat tire syndrome. You, you, you go home, you're only going through all these emotions throughout the day, and then you go home to rest and have a meal, you are so tired. You know, a tire without air, it's a flat tire, so I call it flat tire syndrome. <laughs> so you are exhausted. It's because of emotions. Actually, they take a lot of energy. They, 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 really, they, they really take a lot of energy. I remember one time I was meditating and one teacher told us that when you have anger, it just draws a lot of energy. It sucks all the energy out of you. Hmm? Just the thought of anger like this the amount of energy you, 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 you lose. I'm talking about mental energy. I'm telling you, it's amazing. So now we finish making a strong resolve. Now we go to a wonderful area. Now, this is where we need to speak. Right speech. We speak the truth. 
We speak with kindness. We speak with harmony, harmoniously. And then we speak what's meaningful. When we, we actually develop this kind of speech, it's, we actually work with difficult emotion because most of the time, the way we speak, how we speak, what we speak, I'm telling you, brings a lot of difficult emotions. We speak something unkind, we start regretting. Is it familiar to you? Oh, I would not have said like that. Now, right there, you are in remorse, you are in guilt, you are in uh, regret, and all these things. But if you, follow the, if you follow the template of right speech, it has four parts. Speak what is truthful. And in fact, this is very interesting. Machines at airports, immigration, they have them. The way to measure whether you are telling a lie or not is actually to measure your level of stress. <laughs> it doesn't measure anything. It's just the level of stress. And then it, they can tell that, okay, you are not telling the truth. <laughs> they use it in, in airports, but uh, they've never used it. In, uh, they have other tactics. You, you give your passport, like I was in Japan. I put my sp passport. Is it your first time to, to come to Japan? And they see it there. In the computer, they see that you've been there five times, but they ask you, is, is it your first time to come to Japan? <laughs> These people are crazy, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I look like this. I can see it's very clear. That it shows that I was there in 2006 and 2000. Why do you ask me? <laughs> why, why are you tempting me? <laughs> so many times they ask many questions, leading questions and all these things or so. Anyway. Uh, there's always some words I, I want to play with after reading it somewhere. The ability to tell a lie is a liability. The ability to tell a lie is a, li a liability. Because it comes with a stress. It comes with, a, uh, with a, uh, regret. It comes with tension. It comes with fear and all those difficult emotions. It, it shouldn't be, you should be fine if you really actually keep the right speech. Hmm? Especially, not so much about the truth, not uh, telling lies, but other parts of the speech, really to be, to, talk, uh, to be able to speak something harmonious, it takes a lot of energy. To speak in a way that people will not be, uh, people will not be offended, uh, it's very difficult. So we try, ours about, uh, we try as much as uh, we can, anyway, to speak the right speech. But also speech here, I would like to extend it beyond the noble eightfold path. Like there's a current kind of speech which is which it's called nonviolence communication. So tr try to train in nonviolence communication where you speak. If I heard you saying like this, I felt discouraged. I felt I felt dis uh, disappointed. So instead of saying, oh, you make me angry, you made me angry, nobody can make you angry. He already covered that part. <laughs> that part, nobody has the ability to make you angry. Hmm? So anyway, you can tell people how you feel. There's no problem. Hmm? Feelings. Hmm? Yeah, feel unpleasant. Uh, some people are very interested to know the kinds of feelings. Eh? Feelings, there are six senses. Because we have six senses, hmm? you know the six senses. Then... We have feelings, 
based on either present, uh, pleasant, neutral, and uh, unpleasant. Those are three. Three times six, what's that? 18. So now, if it's like uh, external, arising internally, and then there's feeling that arises externally because of external condition. So two times 18, how many? How much is that? Huh? 36. Now 36 times feelings about the past. Eh? In past, you ate in a restaurant and you had very good Italian pizza or something like that. Something like that. So the past. And also it can be in the present now as you're sitting here. And also it can be thinking you're sitting here and then you're thinking about going to, to Uganda and meditating with this monk who's living today. Actually, I'm living today. I'm going to the airport. And then you say, oh, I'd like to catch that monk. He said something. And I think when I go to Uganda, I'll be meditating with this monk. And then you have pleasant feeling. So three feelings, past, present, future, times 36. There you go. There you go. 108 feelings. You're set. So now, so now uh, this is very, very important. When it, whatever we say, actually, it has a, an impact on our nervous system. It has, it has impact on others. So to be if we speak divisively, it's going to bring a lot of emotions, difficult emotions. If we speak unkind speech, it's going to be very difficult also for us. There's a, a, Russian, a Russian saying I like very much. It says like this. Before you speak anything, roll your tongue 11 times. So now, imagine you are in a situation where somebody is making you angry and you need to speak to them. Instead of blotting out something, one, two, three times, uh, 11 times. By the 11th time, of course, your tongue will be tired, but also you'll have the right words to speak. To speak. You'll have the right words to speak. Hmm? So you can extend right speech into speaking the modern language, whereby we call, we call this honey, honey first, vinegar later. Hmm? Honey first, vinegar later. Yeah, this one, like you say, I like the way you cooked my food, but I noticed there was not enough salt. Instead of saying, you didn't put salt, you do it all the time, you know, this is a hundred times, you, you don't put enough salt in the food. That's vinegar first. But darling, I love you so much. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> so you speak the first thing, oh, darling, I love you so much. <laughs> you cooked very good food. Then you, say, you talk about, however I noticed, there's a lip, not enough salt in the food. That's called honey first, vinegar later. There's even sandwich communication. Sandwich communication. You know sandwich? You have something in between? Yes. So it's like this. You speak what's good. You put a little bit in the middle. And you, what's, so you speak what's good as the first part of sandwich. Something in between which is not good. And then the last is good. So let us say, I like you, my friend, <laughs> that you brought me water. <laughs> right? That's very good. However, I noticed that you didn't put, this is just made up. I noticed that you didn't put, this pen was put down. 
but I really like that you're taking me to the airport and you agreed to take me to the airport. So I'm, taking, I'm talking two positive things and one negative thing in the middle. I'm downplaying the, the negative part. And then you say, yes. You are going to always remember what I said first and what I said last. That's how the mind works. People always remember what the first thing you said and what the last thing they said. Even in school, you write a paper very well, they just read the beginning, the introduction, and they go to the end. In the middle, they, they don't like to read in the middle. That's what I had people. <laughs> Even for me, when I, I get a book, I, beginning, at the end, close the book. I'm very good at that. <laughs> so we were told when I was in school, if you are writing your paper, writing your paper very well in the beginning. And then at the end also write very well. So what they do, these professors who don't have time, they just read the beginning and they, they really get excited. They just got the end. <laughs> Unless they have time, they can go back. <laughs> anyway, that's what I learned when I was writing my papers. So anyway, sandwich communication is very important. Don't say a negative sentence when there's positive sentence. Instead of saying, don't sit there, you just sit here. It's the same thing. But all what I hear in relationship, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't, don't. People will have a chain of don'ts, and they will shut up completely. Next time, they, they know that you are, you are telling them not to do this, and then they will put on their defense mechanism. But if you tell them always what's positive, there's no problem. There's no problem. So I learned so many things in their life. Oh, there's another, this is part of speech, but is in daily life, a common, modern life. They call it, they call it face-saving communication. Face-saving communication. So this is like this. Perhaps you didn't know that you will sit there. Instead of saying, you are wrong, you shouldn't sit there. <laughs> you save this face. Perhaps, Bante, you did know that you have to stop the talk now. <laughs> so you save the face first. Okay, we go to another one. Uh, another one is called avoidance, wisely. This we find in a sutta called Sabasava Sutta. Avoiding cesspit, avoid, avoiding animals, dangerous animals. It's amazing, this is in a discourse about avoiding. That's why I put the word wisely avoiding. Otherwise, it will be a defense mechanism always to avoid, especially called avoidance. That means you, you cannot deal with the situations. Eh? This is avoiding people who are raised emotionally charged. Hmm? But if you have to associate with them, associate with, with, uh, associate with them with compassion, if you have to. I'm putting a little bit of a footnote. Hmm? Avoiding dangerous situations. Just as we avoid wars, we can avoid areas where it's going to trigger us. Hmm? We avoid emotion triggers. We do it wisely, though. Huh? We do it wisely. Forgiveness, number 13. Forgiveness practice is very important. The Pali word is called kamma. Kamma, K-H-A-M-A. -A. Hmm? We use it in our tradition. 
if somebody has done something wrong, knowingly or unknowingly, we can say if you have done something skillful or unskillful, knowingly or unknowingly, through body, speech, or mind, I ask you to forgive me. Or I forgive you. Or I forgive myself unconditionally. So you can forgive also when there's strong emotions. Somebody made you wrong and all that. So that's very... Here you're not asking some powers somewhere to forgive you. This is really acknowledging. Hmm? Acknowledging what you've done, you've done something unskillful and you ask for forgiveness. Number 14, right action. What action should you do? You should take action. I've learned to add these things because most people say, oh, you know, all those things like bypassing. Is there room for action in this, uh, this practice? Yes. We should be proactive. Take action. Of course, according to the, the, the scriptures, we find out what action is uh, uh, not killing, not stealing, not committing abstaining from misconduct in sensual pleasures. But for me, I want to extend it beyond taking real action in the world, whereby you know what's ski- what is skillful, you know what's skillful, and then you either write to the people who are causing problems, uh, who are causing fear, who are causing uh, anger, who are causing fear, and write to them hmm, that I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet you and talk to you. And though you send uh, all people to sign up for people who have injustice, you have petition, eh? and people sign it up. You meet your senator. You, meet, you take action, really, really action, whereby actually you go to address the issue, hmm? but not violence actions. So your right action should be motivated by wisdom, should be motivated by, uh, by, uh, by mindfulness, so to take action. Then, lastly, number 15, you have to repeat all above. That's number 15 from the number one. So that's it for today. I told you that I'm going to give you 45 minutes for questions to clear out all this.